Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hey, love. Welcome to Vagina Talks with Sophia Wise One. That's me. It's just me and you today, so let's just take a moment to get settled and arrive, shall we? I'm here in Taos, New Mexico, and I came here, well, I went where the wind blew, and I came here to heal. And I think that's what all of us are doing right now. I mean, right? I mean, right? Like, what else are we doing? What else can we do in the midst of so much revealing as we see this immense experience of exposure that's happening right now? It's just exposure. It's exposure. I'm just going to say that word 10 times now. Exposure, exposure, exposure. It's exposure of, of lies that we've been told. It's exposure of our beauty that we've been hiding. It's exposure of uh, systems that have been in place and 
working just perfectly well. They were designed to keep people, you know, just controlled and, and they've worked. They've worked really well. System's working just fine. And, uh, the exposure of that, it's, there's a lot of exposure and, and the thing is, how do I say this? Even though for the most part, I was just having this conversation the other day with a stranger and a good friend, right? So uh, someone we just met and we kind of overheard a conversation in which we were talking about the shutting down of a juvie center because they needed more space for women um, in treatment centers and kind of talking about the complexity of just this... Yeah, the system that's not broken, the system that's working, but all these people inside it who are trying to serve people, which is not what the like larger system is working towards. Okay, the point is, so I'm talking, I'm having this conversation, and um, this stranger reveals themselves as a yoga teacher back where they're from and talks about how it's just so heart-wrenching, all this, all this news, all this exposure. And, you know, I said then what I... What I really believe it as it's, as I'm right now again I'm like looking at my cups so cupping is a it's a it's a type of um, like body work or medicinal practice it's actually found all over the globe uh, it's most kind of was most commonly known kind of through traditional Chinese medicine through the acupuncture world into the uh, Michael Phelps is like you know the swimmers covered in these like cupping marks they look like bruises they're not bruises it's patechia bruising is when um, the blood vessels break and the blood spills out and petechia is when you flood an area um, with blood and then think and then it has to get cleared out so it's different and bruising can happen but generally what's really there is petechia is this flooding and it's this flooding it's this exposure the denser the darker the mark when you cup something um, is often associated with kind of the amount of clearing that's needed and that what's happening right now is the what we're doing is the cupping of the patriarchy that's what we're in the middle of right now we're in the cupping of the patriarchy and to be really specific and I'm going to talk about this because it's I think it's really powerful very empowering to talk about it on a micro level to talk about it on a personal level which is that like I am personally cupping the patriarchy I am personally cupping the um, my own personalized systems of oppression, right? The ways in which I have told myself that I am, you know, fill in the blank, negative connotation things. Um, and so because of that, I have to follow these rules, right? I have to fall in line. I have to do these things. I have to earn my keep. I have to know that I, um, have a right to be here and a place to have on this planet. And, and then all of that comes by, by doing these supposed tos. And this is a very common thing that I think about and that I feel about because I've had a lot of suffering in my life. Um, and I'll say now I'm having a lot of freedom and joy and gratitude in my life now as I am experiencing and practicing and sharing, um, something different. And that experience of trying to do the thing, <laughs> whatever the thing is that we're supposed to do, 
And, you know, it's not, how do I say this? It's not that it's all that different, right? Most of us have been told we need to work hard and be good and be nice and um, take care of other people and not be a burden or a problem. And that like artists and eccentric people are different and they get a different set of rules and you get to like consume what they share, but then like judge them if they're like, you know, way out there. Cause there's, there's this othering, right. Of like artists. Right. And so that's a very <laughs> painful, besides problematic, it's painful, especially as sensitive creative beings, which I think we all are. That's what we are. That's what we are. And even inside human experience of being like intuitive, connective, creative beings by our nature, there's also a batch of us that are really, really, really that way. And that trying to do that other thing is just no longer sustainable. And that's what I'm like right now we're in the process of that cupping, that flooding, that exposure of like, it's just not sustainable. Like I just... I just can't do it. I just won't do it. I just said to a friend of mine the other day, I said, you know, um, I was a little scared to reach out to you and I didn't know how it would go. Um, I uh, wasn't sure how some of my other friends would uh, react if they knew I was reaching out to you. And, um, And I said, but you know what? I spent a lot of time in my life waiting for permission and trying to get permission from the right people. Um, and it didn't set me free and it didn't set them free. So besides the fact that I don't actually, I'm not actually that, well, no, I guess there is a concern. There is a concern in a very specific way. And it's also not really a concern. It's it's an awareness that like people may have an opinion or judgments about it and they might not, but that, I would, my, that my brain would like try to find out how in trouble, all right, are you with me? How in trouble am I going to be if I just do what I want right now? How in trouble am I going to be if I just do what I want? And this has been my breakthrough. This has been my breakthrough recently, which is, well, oh my God, there's so, (laughs) so many, but one of them so I'll say, this is, this is the thing I keep coming to. I am not a thing that needs to be controlled and tolerated. I am a being that is to be trusted. And one of the things that I realized in um, this kind of revealing of myself and this exposing of myself and this choosing of, I'm just going to do what I've always wanted to do, which is just live my life in divine devotion and, um, uh, I've been called a wandering, (laughs) wandering sage, a wandering mystic as I arrived here in Taos and my friends are like, Oh, okay, this is what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, this is what I've always wanted to do since I was a little tiny person and, um, and I'm doing it. And, you know, the, the layers of coming out of and coming off of and like, I just feel this heaviness. I just want to feel that in my body right now. And I just want to connect with you. And whatever heaviness that you're letting down, that you're letting go, that you're letting off and 
like that's where we are right now. And you know, there was a part of me that thought I was a thing that needed to be controlled and that I was the thing that the best I could get was tolerated. Now, I, this is the thing that I want to understand. I have had immense support for my creative eccentric well-being in my life. I mean, consistent, immense. And that only gives me more empathy for like everybody else who didn't have their, you know, the family or friends or circumstances or trainings or all the different things that have said to me over and over again, let go, be you, just go for it, do the thing. I still, I still have struggled to just really, really let go and really feel free to express myself. And, you know, one of the things that came out for me in the process of my conscious uncoupling and divorce was this piece of like the ways that we make these, uh, we can make these agreements in relationships. I think most relationships are basically a series of agreements that we either make transparently or that we make unconsciously. So let me make these agreements. And that I didn't realize that I had an unconscious agreement, a perspective on myself. Um, and it it wasn't until I had, uh, Kim and I had divorced. I had had a number of conversations with my closest family members and my best friends. And I was like, I'm hitting the road. I'm being a mystic. It's God's way or God's way. It's the only way. Hashtag that's the only way like ever. But okay. Um, Like that's the, you know, that. um, And I really, I, I put the boundary way out there and said like, I am not playing by anybody else's expectations to which most people were not surprised because I've been, this is, it's not like it's that much of a stretch from how I've lived my life before. The part that was the real stretch and the real new difference was when I was sitting on the porch and I'm talking with my priestess friend and we're sitting on the porch and I have this moment where I realize like nobody outside of me has an agreement to control my behavior. I've, I've, I've ended all the agreements where someone else gets to control my behavior and I felt this tension inside of me and this panic and this control and this drive in me to control myself. And it was this moment that I realized that I had, A, been using other people and justifying their preferences as a way to control me because I believed I needed to be controlled. I hope I'm making sense right now. I believe I needed to be controlled. And I feel like this is like, okay, so this is where it comes to for me because I feel like you probably, I imagine, can relate to what I'm saying in terms of being that sense of like what I really, it's like, well, I can't have what I really want because what I really want is like so way out there. And like, that's, a, and I'm like, like, come on now, that would make me a, like, whatever, fill in the blank. And I'm sure I'll talk more and more as I just let myself be this person. I keep saying like, oh my God, I'm going to be that, per- I'm just going to be that person. I'm totally going to be that person. Like my behavior is going to change as I keep letting go of these controlling mechanisms that I've had on myself to make myself like in this, still fit in 
even in the realms of this, you know, the alt world, like there's like, it's like the, yeah, even the alt world, right? Like this, this place of still trying to, to make it work or make it fit in. What just crossed my mind is I'm, I'm talking a lot about in generics, which is fine. And I hope it's useful. And at least there's like, like, yeah, this is like what's happening right now. We're exposing all of these ways. And here's one of the things about that, which is that it's exhausting. Being controlled is exhausting. Controlling things is exhausting. It's an exhausting way to live. And it makes us way more vulnerable because we're tired. We're tired. And this is one of my, like, I come back to this over and over and over and over and over again, which is that change, real, real, real lasting change, real transformative at the core alchemy change takes energy. It takes effort. It takes showing up. It takes surrendering and receiving, which are not passive activities. Take energy. They take courage. And when we exhaust ourselves, controlling ourselves, controlling other people, being controlled, we just don't have a lot of bandwidth to do the other stuff that needs to be done. And that's so understandable. It's so understandable. Where are we going to get all that bandwidth for? It's exhausting. And so this process of shedding these ways in which we control other people, live and let live, right, are not controlled no longer participate in the games of expectations that other people put on us from the simple things. If you don't feel like smiling, don't smile. Or if you feel like smiling, smile, right? Like the, from that base expense of like your space of your own body and your life being yours and not needing the permission to do it, right? That takes energy, but also takes less energy than being controlled. And it's, it's one of those things that I just have to say, Every time before or like at an edge, it's, it's, it's been a like, oh, oh. that's the, I mean, that's the sound like, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I haven't done it, you know, and that's, I don't know. Maybe you have done it and maybe I've done it and still doing it again or doing it in a new way or coming through it in other places, still this unknown. And, and that's just what it is, and that's okay. It just is what it is, and that's okay. And controlling others, not being controlled, and then this, like, this is what I'm in right now as I'm, like, solo. Like, I'm on this adventure. I'm just, no one else is, like, tracking what I'm doing here. It's just me. So just me in the mirror. So if I'm feeling, fill in the blank, I'm the only person to, to look to. And I've been functioning from that perspective for many years now, and it has set me free and brought happiness and peace into my life of taking full responsibility. I always say in relationships, um, there's 200% responsibility, like both people have 100% responsibility of their own experience. Um, And so it's like, in all my relationships, I've been having that perspective, and yet I'm in this place right now where I just have the... uh, this is where I want to tap into the us feeling right now. 
because I feel it. This is not a solo. I don't feel like anything that I'm saying right now feels like a particularly solo experience. But what I want to say is we have this fuel. We have this energy. We have this determination, this uh, knowing that it can't keep going. Like it just, like this, um, what I referred to in my other episode, sacred, sacred impatience, right? This notion of like, it just like, I just won't, like I can't, I cannot bear it, which means I must do something different. And that's where we are. And every day, every day. So I'm going to go kind of two places as I'm, as I'm sitting here with this. And one is the season that we're in right now, Northern hemisphere. Um, but it's parallel in the Southern hemisphere. It's similar. So in my, so there's lots of different ways. to season, look at the seasons and seasonal wisdom, but in, in, in my teaching and my understanding, I go on a light based, not, uh, not like temperature or warmth based. So the solstices are the midpoint and the equinoxes are the um, start. Um, no, equinoxes. Equinoxes are the midpoint, um, and then the um, the midpoints between those are actually the turning points. Which is to say, from Beltane, May Day, um, the kind of May early May moon, uh, to solstice, is the beginning of summer. And so we're in this mat right now, like right now what we're in is this massive um seasonal shift and we're moving into this 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 how do I say this? It's like we spend a lot of time shifting between seasons and and a lot of people who are a lot of souls will decide to leave the planet during a seasonal shift. Transition is hard. Seasons are hard. Um, you know, solstice is peak summer, uh, which means like right now we're, this is the kind of, this is the moment where we're entering into summer and we're going to have like four weeks of summer and then another four weeks of summer. And then we're going to start this kind of, um, late summer, uh, transition where the, where the colors and the smells and everything starts to change, starts to sing a different tune. And so leading up to this moment right now, the past couple of weeks has been incredibly, there's like a, a great quickening that's kind of comes in towards solstice and a lot of souls leave around now. And, um, that does a couple things. <laughs> um, one is it, it's different to have multiple deaths kind of cross your path than it is to have one because you have the, the individual experience with each passing which is its own and its own medicine and its own transition, its own initiation, its own heartbreak, its own healing, its own liberation, its own reminder of your mortality in whatever way that it's a reflection or a relief or a challenge. Like there's this personalized experience with each one. When we get initiated with multiple griefs, something happens to us. There's another 
space that we enter into. And it's not, it's not personal. It's personal for us to experience it, but we're initiated out of a dynamic. We can't, um, I don't want to say we can't, but we're invited into a space where the grief is really an experience of the grief or the tenderness. Because the other thing about death medicine is that when we, when we experience death um, close to us in some way, in any way, is that not only does it remind us of more of us remind us of mortality that it's it's a thing that we have a a body and then and then we don't have a body um but it also has a way of awakening us to having a day i have a day today you have a day today we're still here if you're listening to this podcast at this exact moment in time, you're, you're here in this moment. And so this recognition, I just had this moment of being like, well, if a ghost was listening in, is that different? The point is, and you know, I just, yeah, let me just do that. Let me honor the spirits too. There's like many realms. And so there's a, there's a grief, there's a loss, there's an ache that begins to lose, not lose, it's a gain, it's an additive experience, which is that um, there's this wash. Grief carves us. The partner to grief is gratitude. And grief is... We're galvanized by grief. And the depth of our capacity to grieve is the same as our depth of our capacity to appreciate. Our ability to have gratitude. And, and really the heart of grief and gratitude the heart of all of that is actually acknowledgement. It's the ability to truly accept what is. This is something that is very challenging for a lot of us. And I don't know if it's just a colonized mindset that makes it hard or if it's a kind of up to this point human. I know it's definitely true for colonized mindset, which is that grief and gratitude are challenging because just full acknowledgement is not what most of us practice. To really practice full acknowledgement means we need to surrender our agenda on what we think is supposed to happen or who that person is supposed to be, or how we're supposed to feel about it. We have to surrender all of that, we have to lay it down, and really look with our deep-seeing eyes, and really hear, really hear not just the words, and not just the tone, and not just the space in between, the rhythm but all of it together, 
all of it together. That's listening. And to listen with our heart. And that's to, you know, to be present with someone, to receive a someone or a something with our whole being. These are skills. These are natural gifts that can be either abandoned, manipulated, or really cultivated. And I'm sure a million other options. And so... When we're in a time of transition and we're in a time of massive exposure, like we're in right now, where things are just being shown, what we're in right now is this really profound collective experience of acknowledgement. What we love, what we want, what we desire, what we're brewing, how valuable and precious we are. How tender, how vulnerable, how much we need, need each other or need proper good food or air and water that is not poisonous, but healthy and vital, that we have needs. To acknowledge that we are interconnected with the planet and truly the stars, the cosmos, even beyond. We are not separate. We literally exist because of the sun every day. <laughs> it's, it's like we are this perfect ecosystem. The planet Earth is the perfect ecosystem because we are for our existence, because we are the just the right distance where we're not too hot and we're not too cold. The sun and our relationship to the sun. To acknowledge that, that it is this mysterious perfection that has us in existence. And that kind of acknowledgement makes us very tender. That kind of handing over control makes us really tender. And that kind of tender can often feel like a relief if we're willing to trust it. If it doesn't just, if that's not what you're experiencing and what, what you may be, if this is kind of resonating, but kind of not, maybe it's not tender relief. Maybe it's, um, it's uh, a raw agitation, an impatient irritability, uh, hypersensitivity matched with whatever it is either a depressive tendency or hyperactivity, hypermanaging, controlling. So what I'm saying to you is there's an option, which is tender acknowledgement. There's this option of acknowledging. And, and acknowledging, like I said, that is such a, there's such a putting down. There's such a putting down. We have to open our hands. We have to open our hands and just... Let it be what it is. And then if we want to connect from that place of acknowledgement, that's either an invitation where we ask someone to come to us or something 
energy or spirit or experience. Or we then extend out that vulnerable practice of asking to receive or to make an offer, to extend our tender, soft hand to make contact with someone. It's an exquisite moment. It's an exquisite moment that we have, if we're blessed to have the opportunity to have somebody in our life that in our tenderness we want to connect with. And one of the things that I'll throw out there is you know, to have the opportunity to just share in that tenderness is is sweet. It's one of the gifts. It's one of the gifts of death is the way that people can be so tender and kind when they're so raw. And so if we're really brave together in this time, we can use the acknowledgement that we're going through, the tenderness that we're cultivating to create a more rooted way of being. What is it to acknowledge our mortality and our beauty regularly, not just, not just when? Fierceness is the other element that's at play here. Courage and fierceness. And what came through, I was doing a session today, and what came through in the session was Spirit gave us fierceness and courage so that we would have the wherewithal to withstand our own beauty. Our fierceness is meant to give us what is required for us to pass through everything else and behold and allow and let flow our radiance, our beauty, our potency. That, that is what our fierceness is for. Our fierceness is so that we keep showing up to our tenderness and our love and our faith and our kindness. As we lay down our agendas that our fierceness is about changing other people, Our fierceness is about the courage to heal, which inadvertently always affects everything. I'm not talking about just making things feel better. I'm talking about real healing, real transmutation, real alchemy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about because you've never experienced it, there is an experience 
of something feeling broken or lost, gone forever, never to be reclaimed. And in that very place where there once was a forgotten nothingness or a sour wound, a poisonous well, from that very place there is a blossoming cherry tree. There is a sacred, glorious waterfall. There's a blanket on a summer's evening with fireflies, peace in the heart. The very place that was unbearable becoming a treasured gift. That's healing. That's alchemical healing. And it's real. And for you who know exactly what I'm talking about, and you who have done that this very past week, thank you. Because we are given opportunity after opportunity, day after day. It has been so full on. Every day an opportunity, every day a guidance, an opportunity that says, Sophia, will you love like you know to love? Will you love the way you long to love? Will you speak with courage and honesty without agenda or attachment? Every day an opportunity will I act. Some of these spaces in intentional spaces, in yoga practice, meditating, self-pleasuring, martial arts, talking with friends. And some of them just driving along, calling someone back, thinking about things that need to get taken care of. And what I can say is that the more I slow down inside, which is really, as far as I can gather so far, mostly just a process of breath, (laughs) actually just steadying the breath and actually breathing the breath, not missing it, the more these opportunities come from outside me. Or from, they just happen, you know? Like I have a clarity or an insight. Oh, do this thing, send this text, call that person, offer this, do this, stay home, leave your phone on silent, right? These, these, these things. And then I follow them one step at a time and, and they unfold. And so that's what I'm going to leave us with today, I think. Is, is the first piece is acknowledgement is the heart of what we're in right now. And that true acknowledgement will leave us tender and that our nature is to have our tenderness matched with our fierceness. Our fierceness and our power give us great peace in that tenderness. We can relax because we are capable of being so soft. And that we, weaving this world, 
we we live in a world where our breath like like the ocean our breath breathing us the waves through us we savor we notice we experience we allow we surrender that the internal landscape of our being, our consciousness, knows we are alive and knows we are sacred. That we receive our own insight and our own wisdom. We act on it. Letting each and every step and message be enough. We let ourselves experience the sacred weaving that is this interplay, this interconnectedness. I bring forth my song and I savor the harmony of the plants. Another's song, the setting of the sun, clean, glorious, blessed air and water. dreamy I am Sophia Wise One Daughter of the Wind I offer my blessing to you this evening it's evening where I am whatever time you are I offer you this blessing may you hear your wisdom No, it's your wisdom. And have the courage to act with your wisdom. And may you feel the love and blessings that are with you always as you do so. Be well, my loves. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at Sophia Wise One uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. 
I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that, though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.